0: People of the Internet. How's it going today? How you doing? I'm Billy Bones, and this is a walk through the mind. A moment where we can sit down, hang out, chit-chat, discuss a handful of ideas that have been bouncing around inside my head, and see if we can't take those ideas for ourselves and get the conversation started with friends, family, the person we meet on the street, Or maybe we just get those gears turning within our own head and see where it takes us. So it's a little past when it happened, a little past too. I'm sure there's been minimal coverage of it anywhere outside of Washington State and even less coverage of it within Washington State. Back on December 2nd, 2021, our fearless governor the press conference. I know there was one little soundbite that made it out, that made it across Fox News. One little tiny bit. But I went back and I decided to listen to the entire thing. And while the one little soundbite is worthy of hearing and listening to, there's so much more within that press conference that's worth hearing, listening to. Now, I'm not going to cover the little bit that he talks about the orcas and the salmon, how we have houses that have been built in certain areas that have been flooded, tying that to climate change. Climate change is not the topic today. I'm not going to talk about the two minutes worth of tax revenue and the lack of fixing the budget. The one question about how, you know, with so much extra revenue that somehow came in this last year, are we going to do anything about the tax structure? No. No, we'll probably just get more taxes. But this press conference happened right as we were learning about the virulent, super scary Omicron variant of the coronavirus. Coronavirus 19. Sending everyone into a panic. And so I figure we'll just start with his governorship, Lord Jay Inslee's message on Omicron.
1: Uh, Omicron. There is much we don't know yet about Omicron. Uh, We know that we will have more information in the upcoming weeks. But the one thing we know about Omicron, and this is a certainty, it makes sense to get vaccinated today, no matter what we find out about Omicron. Because right tonight, we're threatened by Delta. It would be really sad if people lose their lives today because they've been killed by the Delta variant, while they're worrying about Omicron. Delta's killing people today. And we really urge people to get their first vaccine and their booster at the appropriate time. And now everyone over the age 18 is eligible for a booster at the appropriate time. That's the take-home message about Omicron or Omicron.
0: One thing's for sure, that the possibility is that we might be safer with a booster. So just go ahead and get it anyways. felt that kind of sly, he tells you something is very specific, very important, and goes on to a wishy-washy statement to wrap it up with some sort of hypothetical science. No data was out yet. We can make the assumption that certain things were said correctly or or done correctly for the best possible outcome of things, but just the fishiness of the words and how he states something as fact and has no facts to back it up.
1: So we will be active no matter what the science tells us. But the way to be active against this new variant is to be active against the old variant that is today killing people in the state of Washington. So we would encourage people to continue this effort. The best holiday gift you can give this holiday season, if you have that tradition, is to get a loved one get vaccinated and to be common sense on how we use masks, which we know continue to be very, very effective.
0: So finishing off with, give a loved one the Christmas gift of getting jabbed. Find that kind of disingenuous when you start off the statement. Maybe I should just let him say it again, and how magical he put that for, forward for us.
1: So we will be active no matter what the science tells us.
0: We will be active no matter what the science tells us. Active in what? Mitigation of virus spreading? Active in the pushing for boosters and initial shots? Active in following the official science in how to properly, I don't know, do early treatment to take care of this thing? But as you again heard, it was just a matter of pushing for the boosters, no matter what the science tells us.
1: Uh, we want to thank the Biden administration beginning December 15th the FEMA in partnership with our Department of Health and also public health in Seattle and King County. will operate a family med, uh, vaccine unit to provide adult boosters and vaccines for kids. This is an all-family affair, and it's going to help get to some of our communities that have not had as much access as we would have liked. This adds to what has been an extraordinary effort to get vaccines out to people Uh, We have supported at least 327 mobile clinics uh, just since June. So this is uh, continuing to add to our efforts to get vaccine to where people are. And we know there's considerable demand, as I indicated. It's going to increase our equity as well. Again, I want to thank the Biden administration for being uh, alert to helping out Washington State. We really appreciate his leadership.
0: So we've been having these mobile vaccine units since the middle of June. Biden administration just recently gave Washington state money to more effectively process those, showing how we've done a decent enough job. And under the terms of public health, I'll give them credit, making sure to get the medicine out to the people that want it, going around, driving around, again, making sure that the doses are available. And I've been playing these clips in order, and the mobile vaccine unit will come up here in a little bit later. But on to the next topic topic that seems to be very strong within these, you no, know, I'd really want to call them liberal, liberal strongholds, yes, and no, I want to be a little bit more kind, but right to choice, pro-choice, pro-life, that argument has come up. Again, this is the beginning of December, Roe v. Wade is under a modicum of attack, the fear that it will be struck down, the Texas abortion law had just gone through its ringer and then we were still waiting on the was it Louisiana or Mississippi verdict on the shorter uh, time span. But Roe v. Wade, under attack.
1: On the national stage, we see people's rights to the right of choice under attack in Washington, D.C. It is under serious attack. We don't know the exact result, but we see the, the foreboding signs that people's right to choice in the state of Washington will yet again be under attack in our fair state. So I can say that if you care about this right, and I certainly do, we are going to have to work to protect this right in the state of Washington, I believe. Otherwise, it will be lost. No one should think Washington State is somehow safe because of our pre-existing success in the state of Washington leading the country when it comes to the right of choice. Our state is likely to be under assault yet again by political forces in our state who seek to roll back the clock to the dark days before the right of choice was protected in the state of Washington and nationally by the Roe decision. So I am blowing the alarm in our state about this so that people can become active now in the face of this onslaught. We cannot be passive We have to be active in our state. And I'm asking people to join me because I will stand up as long as I am governor to protect the right of choice. And it is time to understand that is going to be under threat in our state.
0: The right of choice, again, against or for Roe v. Wade. But that term, that phrase right of choice is under attack here in Washington. Which right of choice is under attack? right of choice for an abortion or the right of choice to pursue life in a health fashion you see fit for yourself.
1: Look, the danger to Washingtonians today is not lack of any genotyping. We got enough genotyping. When this gets here, we're going to know it and we're going to know how fast it is going through the population, which can be very rapid. Unfortunately, as the Delta took over our state in about three months, the danger is we have 34% of the people in our state who, who, are exposed to the loss of life because they're not vaccinated. That's what we've got to pay attention to. It doesn't do you much good to know you got this after you've got it. Now, that will increase the importance of that when we have an oral antiviral, of course. But right now, what we're trying to focus on what the real danger is, which is people who are walking around exposed. And I heard somebody the other day say this, and I think it's probably correct. In the next several months or maybe the next year, you're either going to have had COVID, you're going to have a vaccination, or you're going to be dead. That's what the situation is. And certainly with the new variety or variant, that becomes even more of a concern. So we hope people don't lose sight of the fundamental danger here, which is a lack of vaccination.
0: So we have 34% of the Washingtonians who are facing death. Well, I got news for you, Mr. Governor. of the human population at one point or another will be facing death. Under terms of the coronavirus, it seems that even the vaccinated seem to be catching coronavirus. Some of them may even have passed away from it. It's not a good thing. It's a sad thing. But what do we say about those bicyclists, motorcyclists that decide to ride their bikes without helmets? Those people are facing death. It's okay, we'll just find them and give them a ticket. But, side note, other news, they're looking at getting rid of the helmet law for bicyclists because it is inequitably applied. See if I can dig that up for the show notes. And on the other tip of that, the other end of that clip, you'll either have COVID, you'll either get a shot, or you'll be dead. And I think those are fair enough statements. Kind of the only options when we're very limited to the prospect of coronavirus some of us when this first happened said that it's kind of inevitable i figure i'm going to get it and we went forth and we did ourselves our jobs helped the community out in the way we knew best and went forward some of us are still alive after catching it
1: the problem is access to vaccines at least on a long-term basis it's the lack of people willing to get them that's the fundamental problem There is a temporary bulge in the pipeline because people have come in in droves the last few days because of the uh, Omicron uh, vaccine is scaring a lot of people. So the demand has skyrocketed. It is a relatively temporary condition. You will be able to get this vaccine if you want it. You might have to wait a day or two. And we encourage people, by the way, to just make one appointment. Some people have made multiple appointments, not cancel them, and this has fouled up our system. So I'm confident we're going to get people boosters in an appropriate level of time. But that's not going to solve the problem if 34% of the people in the state of Washington don't get their first shot. And that's the danger right now.
0: The Omicron vaccine has created a bulge. The fear-mongering has worked. There's been a run on the market of vaccines, creating a jam-up, a log of the system. And then because of this fear, this worry... How many people have made two or three appointments just to make sure that they could get one because of the vaccine potentially running out, getting overbooked in other places like uh, airlines? And what's the potential of sabotage? Probably small because you give your name and number and I'm sure the Washington Department of Health will find a way to send you a fine for dealing with that, but that's how it kind of goes. This next clip is from Lacey Friedenbach. She is the deputy secretary for the COVID response, and she oversees the strategic and operational activities of the C-19 response, including its policy, stakeholder engagement, oversight, and performance management aspects. Talking about the mobile vaccine units.
2: Yes, just a couple of quick um, points on the mobile vaccination unit. We started working on this with the federal government and our partners in King County before we all learned about Omicron uh, over the weekend. And it really is to help us close geographic gaps uh, in that community uh, to access to vaccines as well as um, racial um, and ethnic equity gaps that we need to close uh, in support of our goal of vaccinating as Washingtonians as quickly and equitably as possible. Um, I also want to note that we are using that mobile vaccination unit, which is focused on family vaccinations. So they will have pediatric doses for 5 to 11-year-olds, as well as um, all three presentations of vaccine for adolescents and adults. We are using that as a hub to allow us to go out and do vaccinations um, in other types of settings like long-term care or adult family homes, uh, in partnership with our local partners. So this is an asset to help us increase the uh, number of young children vaccinated who just became eligible and get people boosters as well as their primary series if they have not started it.
0: Now, when this lady comes up on the screen, you watch her. Talking, you listen to what she has to say. The mobile vaccine unit seems, again, like a really good thing where a group of individuals can actively go out and get people the medicine that they need instead of having them exposed to this virulent virus, this disease that does spread rather quickly like wildfire. And so for certain individuals, certain aspects, it's best for the medicine to kind of come to them. Kind of going back to the original days of the doctor. Now, one doctor would come to your house with his little leather bag, his little doctor bag, pop it open, pick out one of 17 different cocaine-filled vials and, or heroin-filled vials and jab you up with one of those and stick you with a leech and say, call me in the morning. But now we've got these officially certified vans rolling around, making sure everybody's healthy in the best interest of the public supported by big pharma or big insurance whoever seems to be paying them kind of us but not really us now dr. Shaw he had dr. Newmeyer Shaw MD MPH secretary of health for Washington state he had a fairly significant bit within this whole press conference but I felt really one line was worth pooling and sharing Uh, More specifically on the mobile vaccine units.
2: It is not a mass vaccination site. I want to be very clear. This is a mobile vaccine unit, an MVU. It is not a mass vaccination site. And that is what gives the opportunity of going between one location and another.
0: Mass vaccination site. But it's not one because it's mobile. Doesn't stay in one spot. Just the trickery of the words. Am I digging too deep? Maybe. Probably. But again, I felt at least it was worth sharing. It's not too out of context. There's other clips I could have played that are out of context. And listening to them, even within context, it becomes questionable. But we'll just stick to that one from Dr. Shaw. As we go back to his governorship, Lord J. Inslee, I might sense a recurring theme with his concerns.
1: We're confident we're going to get people boosted who want to get boosted. We're confident we're going to get additional vaccines. But what we have problems with are the 34% of the state of Washington who aren't getting the vaccine. That's what's really dangerous right now in our society.
0: 34% not getting the vaccine? Maybe I played that clip just a minute ago, but we will pretend that everything is all groovy. So, Mr. Governor, what do you have to say about lockdowns?
1: Well, no, we don't have any active consideration of, quote, lockdowns. I would note we don't have lockdowns. There's this, Somehow there's this perception out there that I don't know where it comes from. that We got lockdown. We don't have lockdowns. Restaurants are open. Apple cups open. Movies are open. People going to work. We don't have lockdowns. And I hear a lot of my friends, many on the other side of the aisle, complaining about lockdowns. We don't have them. And one of the reasons we don't have them is because we've done a good job on vaccines, relatively one of the best in the country, and masks that has been able to at least uh, reduce the death rate in our state. So, no, that's not under active consideration. And I do believe if we consider if we continue to increase our vaccination rates and continue to use common sense measures in the right circumstances with masking, they won't have to be in consideration. We have tools to prevent that. And it's a vaccine and a mask, and they're readily available. And they're almost free. And they allow us to go about and do everything we want to do in life. Um, You know, it makes kissing a little awkward, I suppose. But almost everything else is possible. So uh, I don't think that's going to be in the cards, either in the state.
0: This guy creepy with his kissing comment. But I say we do have lockdowns, we just call them by a different name, call them vaccine mandates, passports, show us your papers, please, because if you have a vaccine and a mask, you're willing to go prancing around around in society, all hunky-dory, doing just fine. Meanwhile, us unwashed heathens, cast aside, set aside by society, more specifically the Government and the health mandates, so they're not lockdowns. I didn't give them that much. It's just a different phrase. Let's hear what else he has to say on lockdowns.
1: But I, but I will also say this: We don't know what the Omicron virus is going to do to the rates of transmission, to the virulence of the va- of the virus, or the ability of the vaccine. Although we do believe it is extremely highly likely you will be better off with the vaccine against the Omicron uh, virus than without. You can almost see that with a certainty. How much? Remains to be seen. But almost with a certainty, you will be better off with the vaccine than without it against the Omicron virus. But we don't know what its transmission rate is at the moment. And there certainly well could be additional measures we have to take to increase our vaccination rate. 34%, as I've indicated, of Washingtonians today are walking around with a time bomb in their backpack because they're not vaccinated. And we've been fortunate to date by having some declining numbers, but that's not a certainty, particularly with this new variant. So it is possible that we'd have to take measures to increase that vaccination rate. Uh, We are watching with interest the legal interpretation of the Biden administration rule regarding vaccine mandates and testing mandates at workplaces. And that may be a possibility. And I agree with that policy that the president has proposed, but obviously it has to pass judicial muster.
0: And so within there, we have heard the sound clip that was made the news. Us 34% are walking around with essentially a time bomb in our backpack. Kind of funny because Lauren Bovert, a representative, got in trouble not too long before then. Merely a matter of days beforehand of saying about Ilhan Omar having a potential bomb in her backpack. But he, Jay Inslee, is not opposed to vaccine mandates. Need to potentially do more to get that 34% in compliance, get them their first shot. Inslee is waiting the outcome of the OSHA mandate to see how it all plays out. The Democrats here in Washington State were already planning on doing something like that. So a handful of I guess they're called Republicans came forward and said you can't do that and at least put the Washington State issue on hold, but that shall resume. And so compliance will be the necessary thing. What did he say earlier? We will be active regardless of what the science says. But we're almost done. One more little clip on Roe v. Wade comes up within the question and answer session of Mr. Inslee.
1: The Republican Party, which is a party of Donald Trump, is bound and determined to take away the right of choice from people in the state of Washington. And the moment that they hold enough elective offices to do that, they will do that. And what I'm trying to the point I'm trying to make is we have had a political uh, situation in our state that has prevented this to date. The combination of the Democratic Party and Roe versus Wade has protected Washington state. But I believe it is likely that Roe versus Wade will either be eliminated or severely reduced by the Supreme Court in the next several months. And when that happens, unless a party that's committed to the right of choice continues in the majority, these things are at risk. This is the driving, the driving force of that party right now. And we have to realize that.
0: Just the terms of the the right of choice. The Republicans, the party of Donald Trump. It's been his attack line. People here, the Democrats here, absolutely despise Donald Trump. And I got no problem with you disliking or hating him, but the level of vitriol for that individual here is quite astonishing. But the right of choice is under attack. The right of choice is under attack. The reporter has... One question, this will be our final clip. I'm sorry for making us listen to so much of Jay Inslee. But one last question, one last statement on Roe v. Wade. Governor, on the issue of Roe v. Wade being threatened, I just want for clarity, are you saying that Washingtonians should vote
2: Democrat in the upcoming election if they want to protect the right to choose?
1: Uh, Yes. It is clear there is a substantial difference in the two parties right now. We have the Republican Party dominated by Donald Trump. There's no signs of that abating. He is committed. He put three people on the Supreme Court who we know are intent on eliminating Roe v.ersus Wade as soon as they can. And that party is heading that direction. And I wish it were not so. But that's simply the case. And I think it's sad because, again, we were led by a Republican, Joel Pritchard, at one time who who was committed to a right of choice in our state. Now, you probably will find some Republicans that say, oh, no, it's not me. But those people are putting people into power like Donald Trump. We're doing everything they can to eliminate uh, this right, including electing people in leadership positions. So it's a simple reality we have to uh, we have to understand.
0: So a 45 minute press conference condensed into a handful more clips, a little bit more in depth. Still miserable to listen to him. This governor has a fantastic way of speaking to the general public out here. You can see how he connects. Do I understand how he connects? No. But he's got... He speaks with a forked tongue. He's very manipulative. Not even manipulative, but crafty. And how he says things, even though he's comes across as dumb as a rock sometimes. Like, he's not even... Working his own strings. Someone else is pulling them for him. A little gold mine of information throughout all of this. Even with the clips that I pulled that I didn't share with everybody here today. Still plenty of good information. And so the bigger question I have that kind of to wrap all of this up with is. What is your governor saying? What is your representative saying? Not just those on the big stage. Not just those on your team. What about those that disagree with you? What are they saying? Can you sit there and suffer through 45 minutes of BS. Take out a notepad, write a handful of notes, see what they said, see if you can come up with a counterpoint. Maybe they come up with something that you can't even argue against and you find yourself agreeing with them. But these people are our representatives. They are the people that somehow speak for the majority of people, but 51% is the majority. And it kind of gives us a view of Maybe where the plans of the government, the administration might be going. It would be helpful if local news and radio came through with more than just a single solitary soundbite. But again, it's boring. It's tedious. It's probably like that for a reason, but it's all business. Business isn't fun. Business is work. But we are a government run by the people for the people of the people. We are the bosses. We are in charge. And it is our job to pay attention, to understand, make sure that we are choosing people with the best intentions, and then when they're in the office representing us, it's our job to make sure that we hold them accountable, write them, call them, let them know whether we approve or disapprove of their current goals and actions, so that way we can go forward and again and prosper. Some things are been, meant for the best intentions, but here there's a phrase that says the best—the road to hell is paved with the best intentions. But again, talking points, little ideas, and again, can't apologize enough for the torture of listening to that man speak, but I had to suffer, so you got to suffer. Thank you for joining me. And I'm Billy Bones, B-I-L-L-Y-B-O-N, the number three, S. You find me on Twitter and Gab, at Billy Bones. You find me on Mastodon, the Fettyverse, at Billy Bones, at No Agenda Social. If 140 characters isn't enough, you're in luck. I've got an email, I've got a Discord for longer forms of communication, but to get there, you access the website, BillyBones.com. Remember, that is spelt with the number three instead of an E you go there, you'll find those links to the email Discord. You will also find links to past episodes, lots and lots of show notes. Only a handful for today, but they're all there. There's a link to the Podcatcher link. And this is a value for value show. That's what the little link on the website, billybones.com is for. It says value for value. You go there, and you determine what this show is worth. Like today's executive producer, Betty. Thank you very much for donating $4.20, helping keep this show alive and keeping the bills paid. She found $4.20 worth of value of listening, of what I have brought forward, and I thank her. If you found value out of this show, the first thing that I ask that you do is you give this show a share. Maybe someone else finds a talking point to agree or disagree with. But if you found monetary value, again, you go to billybones.com, you scroll all the way down, you click that value for value button, it'll take you to PayPal, you chip in, you donate, you support the show, and whatever numerical value you feel it's worth. But thank you for listening. I love you guys. And I'll talk to you next week.